Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 281 for March 31st, 2021. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me as always, Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Klingspore Woodworking Shop, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, and of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. What are we working on? Let's go to the bellhop himself, Bill Lutz. What have you been doing this week? You know, uh, I've been busy, been at work, haven't been making nothing. Um, you know, I've been trying to work out. Uh, oh, 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 I know what, uh, okay, because I just like to take up space and oxygen. Uh, yes. I was making some yard work this weekend, and I was using my new DeWalt uh, weed eater, the 20-volt weed eater. And I love this thing. The last time I was using it, uh, I ran out of strings, so I took the head apart like we do, and I put the new string in, and I wrapped it all up, and you wind it, and you wind it, and you stick it back on there, so that mm-hmm. way when you pound it on the ground, the string spits out. Finished up what I was doing, but I didn't need to uh, expend any more string at, at the end of the day. So fast forward a month later, whatever it's been since I've done yard work, um, I go to use it today because the grass has grown so long, I told Casey... I need to weed eat this down first, then we can mow it. It's just too long. It's just too long. So I'm like, okay, this will be a good test for the batteries on the thing. So I get it out, and it's starting to start to kick butt. I go to expend it, you know, tap the thing, nothing. Put it on high. Bzzz, boom, nothing. I'm like, oh, man. Take it apart. It is so knotted up inside. I'm like, oh, man. I, maybe, I, I, maybe I wound it backwards. It usually don't matter. Right. But it's, maybe it's I wound it backwards. It's easy to screw that up. Sure. I've, I've messed up. Okay, so yeah. I pulled the thing apart. I got to cut the string with wire cutters, oh. right? A good 10 <laughs> foot of line. Really? Because it's up. so knotted and tight in there. Yeah. All right, so I wind it the other way. I put it back together. Bzzz, click, nothing. I'm like, this is not good. I'm not happy about this whatsoever. I said, you know what? No, there's nothing wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I'm not blaming the machine. It's me. I know it's me. Let me get on YouTube instead of reading the directions because I didn't want to reach up and grab the book. It's far. I hmm. Right. I, I, I watched the video. Here's the brilliance of this machine. When it runs out of string, you don't need to take the head apart. You line up the holes on a little notch on the side of the, 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 the bobbin thing mm-hmm. without having to take it off. The only reason you would take it off is there's like a, the last little bit that's inside of there. You pull that out. Put the thing back on. It's got like a little ratcheting head. There's two little lines that you line up. Now you can stick the string through the one hole and it comes out the other side. You even it out. You get 20 feet if you want, so 10 foot on either one. And then you grab the head get and you just turn out. it like a ratchet and you go click, 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 and it sucks the string up and it's wound perfectly. No kidding. Hmm. It is the easiest I've ever done that. Because you know how when you wind it up, you try and stick it in and it pumps out and, yeah. and then you got to wind it again it was just i was like this is genius this this i am so impressed 
See, that's, this weed eater. that's the kind of stuff when they talk about how there's no new inventions left. It's like, no, there aren't. But there's all sorts of things like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, which which well, then the, are. You know what I mean? Who said there's no Dude, inventions left? That's just one of those stupid well, sayings they say. Like, there's nothing new anymore and all that. I know. it's Which is nonsense. Nothing new under the sun, really? whatever. What yeah. about like a COVID vaccine? That feels pretty new. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's an iteration. It's really just a flu a, vaccine that they yeah. just added food color no, to, Phil. Come no, on. It, no. No, no, it's, it's really a, a tracking device. We've never had an mRNA-based vaccine. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, you don't even know what MRA means. <laughs> it's, it's the protein. They're giving instructions <laughs> to the protein on exactly how to make the antivirus. But that's fine. What, what does do MRA stand right, let's, for? Let's argue over this, this old saying for a while. Rhino the, the, ribonucleic acid. MRA stands for medically related answer, Phil. It's mRNA. That's the type of vaccine this is. Oh, that's a nurse. Tim, what are you working on? <laughs> Can we just start over? No. <laughs> no. Bill, are you are you done, Bill? Was that? Yeah, I, I mean, it was just. I just thought all, that whole big story just to say a new way to wind uh, weed eater string that was just amazing. It made it so easy. It made it so darn easy. It was awesome. I thought actually, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and uh, I had my first weed whacker I ever had didn't have the auto winder thing on it, you know? And so it, you would just, you would cut the piece. It was like, you know, 12 inches long or whatever. And you would just, you'd stick it in the one hole and it'd come out the other. And and so I used to, when I would go out to use the thing, I would just cut like a half a dozen pieces of right. weed whacker string and shove them in my pocket and go out and, you know, maybe use two of them, maybe only use, you know, none of them, just the one that was in there and just go out. But I, I always liked that one better. Like not to be like the, the old man that was like, ah, oh, back in my day, it was, because it was just so easy. You just... Just pull the, the the short one out and stuck the long one in, you know. And and then the the auto feeder thing is such a hassle to set up. I mean, it's great when it's going and working, but it's usually not. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, see, that's the thing is over the time over your years, I've I can do like the gas powered ones. I have to use at work. I can do those things pretty good. I'm good yeah. at it. I know how to take it apart. I use I it three times right a direction. year. You know what I mean? I just never put the effort in. I guess, but. No, no, yeah. no, I know, but I'm just saying, so I got more frustrated because, hey, I'm good at this. Why can't right. I make this work? Right, well, the right. problem was I didn't bother reading the instructions on how to do yeah. it. So now yeah. I'm wondering about the new one that I have. I'm like, I wonder if it does that because I just got one last last year for my birthday, almost exactly a year ago. And now I'm like, hmm, I wonder. I don't know. Is it, like, am is I doing it? it that it's your birthday or? N- yes. Um, but no, I, I'm wondering if like... Uh, if I'm making it harder than I need to, I have to go read the, cause I never read the instruction manuals. It's not, it's a, um, what is it? Husqvarna. So Husqvarna, but it's gas powered. Mm. Um, mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What have you been working on though? Would you say if you had to, what you do? Um, I, okay. I have <laughs> got you off guard on that one. I don't, I? Yeah. It was a surprise. Uh, <laughs> I've been working on guitars, of course, uh, but I had a. Uh, I wanted to say, I can I guess officially announce it publicly now is that I'm going to do. Some of you may know about this, some may not. The Great Guitar Build Off, which is um, there's a guy on YouTube is Crimson Guitars is a British guy. We might have talked yep, about this. Yep. I know we didn't. I've mentioned him as uh, one of my uh, what I've been watching before. He's awesome. Oh, he's just yeah. He's like he looks like he looks like a hell's angel, and then right. when he starts talking, he sounds like an English professor. And he's like the nicest guy. He's just like this like real yeah. sweet guy and then yeah you look at him and you like you'd run screaming you know if he came at you in a dark I mean, alley his head is tattooed with flames yeah exactly that's all i'm saying <laughs> and he's like hello lovely day <laughs> but um so yeah so last year they did this like guitar build-off thing um 
And I had like all these people asking me, are you going to do it? Because there was like, there's like an invitational where he makes guitar kits. They're very different than mine. They're like high end wood. Um, right. It's designed for someone who wants to build like a real heirloom piece where my kits are designed for people to like build their first guitar, you know? Um, right. And uh, they're very expensive too. But, um, but so, uh, you know, he, he sent these kits out to a bunch of YouTubers and they all made them and auctioned them off and all the money goes to charity, you know? Um, and people were, and then they, there was also besides the invitational, there was people that could just do it on their own and auction the guitar off and do money for charity. So it was like invitational. And then there's like the, everybody else, you know, that just like wants to participate. And so everybody's asked me to do that, but I was just too busy last year at the time it was happening. And then this year they made, asked me to be part of the invitational where I'm going to use his kit. And I was a little nervous about it at first because like, you know, he's using like, you know, ebony fingerboards and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, if I do this, I need to find a way to you know be me and stay true to my sustainable reclaimed nature but then i i have it use i have it you, well I, okay I, go ahead i know how you do that is when he sends you the kit you just recycle and reclaim all that material for your own stuff later and then you use the garbage you have in the back of your shop to build his kit <laughs> right i take i take Brilliant. his i take the box that he mails to me and maybe i'll do this as a joke at the beginning i'll take the box like before i even open it throw it in a garbage can and then pull it up and be like hey look what i just found <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Turn the cardboard that it came in into my carta. I don't know. Well, I have I have some ideas. Um, I've yeah. already kind of got most of the sketches. Should we Should we just stuff. have all those ideas here right now, or you want to hear my ideas? No, I'm just kidding. Let's yeah. move on. No, I because uh, <laughs> if you want me to talk about making your guitars, video. well, if you want me to talk about making guitars, Phil. <laughs> no, you know, I think. I think just like more of a, a survey course would be better than an in-depth course when it comes to the guitars. Right. Just like a broad overview, I think, is best. Tim can't say if he had peanut butter on his sandwich and not talk it for an hour about it. Yeah, the, the guy is, you're, you're, you're very expressive in your communication. And I like that. It's what we love about you. Yeah, I know I talk too much. Bill doesn't speak for me. But the point is, <laughs> congratulations on being you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's super awesome. So you're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, because my concern was when they contacted me, it's like, well, I want to I want to share my message, but not like be like a jerk. And I don't want to come off like, um, like, you know, preachy. yeah, like preachy. Like, oh, you guys are all using this and you shouldn't. I don't want to come off like that. And so I was like, you know, how do we do this? And um, so, I mean, I can tell you that my basically what my idea is that the, the kit that I'm having them send to me, I, I haven't gotten it yet, is um it's a blank rectangle. It's not, some of his kits are the body shapes already cut out and some of them are like blank so you can cut your own shape out. So I have him sending me the a rectangle. So my plan is, is to use as much, if not all of that rectangle as possible and not just make a rectangle. Oh, that's an idea. But to use the cutoffs in the process. You know what I mean? So. What, to glue them up so that you, you can, can make the fret, the fretboard? Uh, well, no, but to, to glue them up and then to continue to use them, you know. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, words, so the, the message is, is while I'm making this guitar, I'm keeping these materials because I will use this in some other projects in the future. Also, adding your guitar strap, maybe because um, uh, it's going to go to auction, right? So right. have some Tim Sway stuff on there. Maybe use your guitar strap, your uh, custom deal pickups. Right. Yeah. I've got maybe have Gemini's Patty make, make you pickups. another special guitar bag out of some reclaimed stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that might be fun. I didn't even think of that. I don't know if I have time for that because the time window is short. But I do have. I do have Rob over at Gemini working on some pickups for me. I, I told him to, he's donating because um, we're giving it away to charity. So, uh, so I yeah. told him, I was like, use this to promote you. You do what you want to do. Don't make my pickups, like make Rob's pickups, right. you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, and I did donate a couple straps too. They have like prizes for the people that are entering on their own. 
Um, so I donated a couple oh. of straps to, for giveaways there and stuff. So yeah, I'm looking. For, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be fun to to make something. And I like. I like my idea. I'm excited about it. So um, looking forward to getting going on that. I'm also been going on the guitar truck, getting that ready for May when I'm going to take it out, and uh, it's starting to look pretty good. I'm I'm pretty happy. Like I think I, I like the back door that came out good. Yeah, I, I did like the Palawood back door, and then I put some lettering on it, and uh, it's it's coming out pretty good. I'm I'm really. I feel like the truck is like. Like at the end of the season last year, like we'd use it a couple times for a stage, and I was like, "Yeah, it's 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 cool," but now I feel like oh, I'm starting to be able to put the, some of these finishing touches on, you know? Because last mm -hmm. year I just didn't have time for that, and so now it's really kind of taking it to the the next side. And then I'm also excitedly working on my my tools that I'm gonna have coming out soon. Um, I had ordered a bunch of um, the tool has uh, a little like pocket ruler that's part of it, or like the basis of it, which I had manufactured. Um, to my specifications because like the pocket the what are they called they call them uh, machinist ruler right where it's like six inches long i think they call them machinist rulers and you know the usually 30 seconds of an inch or you know millimeters and the one that i have always used has millimeters on one side i mean like on the left and you know and, and inches on the right and then the back side has like a bunch of calculations and stuff it's just like you know point it's like the math we were talking about last week in our tip you know all the yeah, heck with yeah. all those calculations millimeters on one side inches on the other that, yeah so that's what i had done is had so that way yeah. when you're holding the ruler up if you're looking on the left or the right it's the same marking it's not like translating which always drove me nuts right right, you know? right. And, and it just i wasn't just seeing i wasn't really seeing that i mean obviously there are places that are doing it but but there were some other things about it too and so uh, hopefully I'll have those tools ready um, and on the market in a couple weeks. You know, well, I'm looking forward to get my pre-order. Yeah, I'm. I am definitely going to send you guys uh, a couple. Uh, probably even before I have them listed, I'll probably get them out in the mail. I'm almost ready to start making them. There's no, just a couple. You don't have to do that, but I can't yeah, wait. No. Oh, I'm going to bill you. Appropriate. Yeah. I'm going to bill you. I mean, that's you know, it's the right thing. Yeah, but, um, definitely yeah. bill me. Yeah, and by that yeah. I mean you Bill will pay for me. <laughs> I've been paying for you since this thing started, pal. Um, How so? How do you mean? What do you mean by that? <laughs> What's that supposed Hold to mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Okay. Did How about he just left? That's fine. Just, he just here's, get, your, here's your just chance. He gets up and wanders around like a senile old man. Here we go. Uh, How about you, what buddy? have I been doing? Yeah. I uh, I spent this weekend taking down some rinks, some hockey rinks. I did, oh, uh, taking five down. Of them. That's, yeah, so they're so paying you to, that as well. Just, so they're paying you to take them down. And are you storing them, or are you just storing them on their property? Hey, <laughs> put them where they say to put them, and that's where I leave them. Yeah. But we, but we recycle some of the tarp to sort of protect the material so that it lasts throughout the the summer. Right. Um, so that they can use the wood for a couple more. Yeah, that's a ruler. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right um, though. I, I've forgotten that they have the calculations on one side. Yeah. The decimal equivalents. Yeah. For for fractions. Yeah. There's your, there's your tip. You, you don't saying? have to know them. Just look on the other side of your ruler. <laughs> and then um, I also worked on uh, – actually, I, I took down my own rink as well, and mine was a bit of a different kit. So mine has like, I don't know, like I think it was 12 pristine 2x4s. And so now they're just sitting in my garage. i got to figure out what to do with them. And also I remade – No, I'm going to use a different kit next year. This one was horrible. It was oh. like – it took like way too long to put up and way too long to take down. Right, because you're a pro now. When you start, you built yours first, and then you like got yeah. these other kits and you learned. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Oh, it's oh if it's for me, tell them I'm not here. It's professional. Yeah. 
Um, and then there was that door <laughs> handle that I had made. That if you recall, I made all in the same direction of grain, and so when and somebody like yeah. torqued it, it broke. Hmm. So now I basically made my own. He doesn't realize that we can actually hear his voice in the recording. He only muted Skype. Yeah. So you're going to have to fix this. Yeah, he has no idea. Okay, I got to go, though, because I just forgot. I am still there hearing me on the recording, so. I just told Casey that even though I muted myself, I noticed that my recording was still going yeah. so that yeah. all of that was on the recording. That's exactly yeah. what we were talking yeah. about. And we'll decide yeah. how much of this stays in the podcast later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, so I basically made my own plywood out of, um, out of oak. And so what I did was I cut um, quarter-inch thick sections of it by resawing it and then gluing them in... 90 degree orientations right so that then that became my new blank so i think i did maybe four or five um you know laminations that way and then i made my door handle out of that so now no matter which way you pull or pull you know it's good it's plywood it's totally stable and uh, it won't break so then i had so i basically remade the whole thing all over again and uh, while i was at it um i got a better fit on the hole that i made and the uh and the brass, I guess it's the knob that's left over, whatever the stump that's left over that I uh, epoxied and press fit on there. And then I put in a new set screw inside. So it's actually all around way better, um, which is second, sort of frustrating, right? Better. Because it's always better the second time around. Yeah. But the problem is, is like, I, maybe it's not the case for you guys, but for me, a lot of what I make, most of what I make, it's the first time I'm ever making it. So and, and I think I'm doing time, a good quite job. Quite often. Right? Yeah, sometimes. The yeah. yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So I look back on something, I'm like, ah, oh, that actually really sucked. But at the time, I was very proud of it. You know, like, uh, for example, take a look at my fence. When I finished that fence, I was really proud of it. But I look at it now, and I'm like, I could probably do a way, way, way better job now. Well, you know, you but, know that's that's called growth. I mean, if you plateau, well, then you've got nothing to look forward to. It's like I always, I always said, like, I, I wanted to walk off stage and go, ah, oh, I could have done that better than die. Like, I don't ever want to. Be like, oh, I'm the best, and that's it. Now I got 30 more years of just being the best. That sounds horrible. No, but you know what I mean. Like, you want to be able to look at something five years down the line and go, well, that's really good. Like, you don't want to be like, uh. Well, that, but that will, uh, yeah, that just, will happen just, too. You want, you want to be proud of your accomplishments. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. You want yeah, to I want stand those, the test I of time. I want to be proud of them long term, not just yeah, because I just Things need to stand it. the test of time. But, but, right, yeah, exactly. You know what will happen sometimes with things too? Like, I have some things around the house that I made like 15 years ago, you know, and. And, like, I made them, and I thought they were awesome. And then, like, you know, a year or two later, a little older and wiser, I'm like, ah, I could have done that so much better. But then 10 years goes by, and it's like, you know what? That damn thing is still there, and it, and I'm, yeah. and it still works, and we use it every day, and I'm proud of it. So that'll, it'll come I mean, back. Here's, what, here's what's fun, that too. I, that I have made that I'm still very proud of. My yeah. daughter's closet, for example, I don't mm-hmm. think I could have done it any better. So I'm very happy with how it turned out. But certain things you do look at, and you're going, like, yeah, I really wish I had... You well, know, build are, years of experience making fences or decks, and like I, I would feel much better about it. When, when you do something like that, though, and you're like, "Oh man, I wish I could have done it better," oftentimes what will happen is somebody will come over and see your work for the first time, and then they'll be they'll be over the moon. Sorry about that. All right, let me uh, thirty-three fifty-four. Anyway, and they'll be over the moon about something that you made that you're a little disappointed in, and it it it. It juices you back up. It's like, oh yeah, okay, because you got to remember, we're our worst critics, right? Yeah. We've talked about yeah. this before. Yeah. But you know objectively the difference between good work and bad work, or not, or let, not say, let's say, good work and excellent work. 
Well, yes. True, but there's solid work, too. There's a lot of times that you'll make something that's a solid piece. It's not going to fall apart. It's going to stand the test of time. But you now have better finishing skills or you now have Mm -hmm. better joinery skills or, or, you know again so that to you it's like yeah you know what I'm, I'm, I'm that's not and then then your neighbor comes over and goes oh my goodness man that thing is amazing and then yeah. you're like well yeah you know I do what I can and hmm. it's usually my neighbor's it, wife that comes up to me but yeah you're right um what yeah <laughs> you know how it is oh my god that was so good that you did that um let's see here what it's not uh, okay. I'm just not buying it but go on Okay. Now we know I'll what he's been up to. Number. You can ask. Here we go. What did I do? Anything else? I feel like my. Oh, I definitely like. I'm looking forward to spring cleaning. The shop slash garage mm. slash whatever is like disgusting right now, and it absolutely needs to be like completely, completely cleaned up. And I can't wait to do that because everything's in disarray. You know how it is after you do a big job, like taking down the rinks is yep. a big job. So like wood had to come out, wood had to come in, tools are all over the place. Drives me nuts. So mm. I'm looking forward to this weekend to do that. Yep. And to do that, I'm looking forward to a little peace and quiet thanks to my isotunes that I'll be wearing the entire time. So, isotunes, you ask. You haven't heard of isotunes? Let me tell you what they are, my friend, who clearly has been living under a rock. Isotunes are OSHA approved ear protection, hearing protection, and they come in different kind of styles. So, they come in the um, in ear buds, and there's a whole bunch in that configuration and then there's the over-ear cans called the links which are my absolute favorite um i love listening to stuff or nothing at all which is terrific um but then you know uh, i leave them synced up to my phone through bluetooth and that way i can hear any phone calls or text messages that come in and i know that i'm i'm like protected against missing out on anything like hurry up and get inside one of the kids is throwing up or whatever you know so i just i feel okay that i'm not like missing out that i'm still connected um, so they're terrific, and it's a family-owned company, and they support this podcast. So, you know, we should be supporting them. So what you need to do is you need to go to isotunes.com slash reclaimed audio. Use the reclaimed 10 promo code to get $10 off any pair that's on that landing page. Additionally, we've been doing our weekly tip segment. So the weekly tip segment is sponsored by Isotunes. That's their segment. And anybody who submits a tip, and I think we have quite a few this week, um, gets entered to win a pair of Isotunes, whichever ones you want from that uh, landing page. And that will be done in literally four weeks' time. We'll be having that that draw, maybe five weeks, actually. We'll probably do it the week after the final week. Yes. So we'll be doing it the first week of May. We'll be the, the uh, that whatever episode that is. That, we'll that, be announcing the winner. We'll be announcing the winner. I'm trying to look at the date. So April, it will likely be um, May 5th will be like the technical oh, Cinco de Mayo celebration. Cinco de Mayo, that's right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a twofer. Yep. Isotunes and, of course, the Mexican holiday. Terrific. Mm. I love it. Um, I'd, like to, yeah. I'd like to point out, too, though, um, not to interrupt, but this isn't a company that just reached out to us out of nowhere and we decided to go for having them be a sponsor. Uh, I've got their original isotunes that i was using years ago you know long before they ever contacted us before the podcast um they've been in the community a long time i know i think phil you've had a couple of pair before we were actually involved with them too haven't you one of you guys i i have yeah 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 i i didn't know yeah no i've i'm on like my uh yeah i had a pair 
that I, I used them so much that eventually the battery just wouldn't keep a charge anymore. And I don't yeah, I don't yeah. say that to be derogatory towards them. Like there's just a, there's just only so much life you can put in a rechargeable battery. No, that's you're, the yeah, size you're, of a you're talking about it several years later. Yeah, it's years. But that, that's what I want to say. It's just like we yeah. actually believe in the product and, and the company. This is you know I I was I was doing ISO tunes before you know ISO tunes was doing us. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> God. And you know, wow. speaking of the batteries, actually, you know what I noticed about the the links in particular? Like, I still use the yeah. um, the extras quite a bit. You know, the the lighter duty, but sometimes like I I like the the, the over ear links, the cans, um, and uh, those batteries last forever. And those things, like the links, I mean, you can get a good eight ten hour day in with the uh, with the extras. You know, like right. you, usually after like if you're wearing for like you know the ninth hour and you've been playing music nonstop, you know they'll they'll kind of start to you know to die. But um, but these these links, I mean, I've Sometimes I'll go for like a week or two without charging them. I just like I put them on, wear them a couple hours, put you know put them, and then I plug them into my phone or I connect them to my phone rather, and it says you know battery ninety percent. It's like oh you know yeah. I find the battery lasts a really long time. Like I yeah, charge very few and far between. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so, so onto the tips. Uh, yeah, we have a, we have a few of them here. First one is from Dave Bauer, and he was um, following up on um, we were talking about repairing a damaged. Uh, cord or a power cord on you know on a power tool or a power extension cord a useful way to reuse a damaged cord is to cut the plug end off with a few feet of wire and to use that to replace a damaged cord on a power tool so like if you have an old extension cord you know like don't just throw it away if it's like kinked up and, and wrecked save the end with the plug is what he's saying to um mm -hmm. right to add it to your thing so it's you know it's much cheaper than of course buying a new one which is a great tip and it, and then I wrote back to him privately that I have my angle, my Ryobi angle grinder, my favorite one. That's still it's so old it's blue, um, right? And I've cut the cord on that thing so many times, <laughs> and so now it actually has a, I know, go, OSHA police, come on, uh, it's got a lamp cord on it now. Uh, Yikes! <laughs> it's a little heavy. Even grounded? No, no. But the, but the, the original tool isn't wasn't grounded either. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, but it has a, it's a little thicker than a lamp cord, but it, but it's. Um, it's like twelve it's feet. Long. It's like twelve feet long, so I can like plug the ankle grinder and like walk a mile. <laughs> this is like, and that's what I was gonna say. By adding length to any power cord tool, it really does make it more useful. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of a vacuum nerd, and I never bought a vacuum that had a standard cord. I always bought the industrial kind because they came with like a twenty-five foot cord on the vacuum. Because mm -hmm. I don't like having to plug it in one room vacuum, then go plug it in the other room vacuum. Well, you buy the industrial ones, and. Uh, you can vacuum the whole house. However, we're on to cordless technology now, so I have a cordless vacuum. But, but yeah, take your drill, put a 20-foot cord on it, and you can plug it in the garage and go out in the driveway and use it. it. You know, it makes it really handy. It is one of the ways that they keep inexpensive tools inexpensive. That's one of the places that they skimp is on. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like a great example is go to Harbor Freight and grab their palm sander and measure the power cord on it. And then go to three feet. Yeah, and then go <laughs> if, if that. And then go to the box. And then like go to go to the Festool stand at your local hardwood store and take up to some palm right. center and measure the cord. It's like it's like nine you know, so feet. That, yeah. that brings up an interesting point. Uh, so the Festool and I think some of the Dewalt tools have like um, twist on yes, cords, basically. They're, so they're detachable cords. Yes. So there was a video that Marius Hornberger did several years back but he basically did that modification to all of his power tools where he did a mm. small little pigtail and a female receptacle on every single tool and then he just takes the power cord brings the tool attaches them and plugs right. it in like, so I what you could have like that yeah yeah 
you could have it that you have like maybe let's say three cords of three, six, nine foot lengths and then bring your tool and pick one depending on the situation and you've got the right size length for the tool. And I mean, it's a lot of work in prep. But you got the, you got cool the belt sander out, you got the palm sander out, you got some other to drill out and they only have one cord on the bench and you just keep unplugging and plugging. So you don't have like you all could. those things. Or you got three, but yeah, I yeah. like that. Speaking of weed eaters, a lot of the electric weed eaters have that feature where there's a plug right in the right. back of the weed eater yes. handle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like so my snowblower and my weed eater was like that also. So oh, yeah. My, it's, yeah. My that's another way for them to save money. They don't give you any cord at all. Right. My uh, my new snowblower that I just bought. I was like, where's the cord to start it? And I realized it was just, oh, it's it's in the other room where I keep my extension cord, you know. <laughs> it's a BYOB. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up. Um, oh, go ahead. Real quick, just speaking of, um, um, don't forget, Phil, when the when the the snow thaws or whatever it is, and you go down to get your welder, I will ship up that Festool palm sander to Tim's house. You can pick that up. Cool. Yeah, don't send it before he'll end up using it. I know. That's why I've been holding off. I don't even Thanks, use man. mine. Well, <laughs> I got some redwood slabs for you too, some smaller ones. Oh, this is exciting. As soon as this border opens up. I'm going on a road trip. <laughs> anyway, next tip. Next tip is from uh, Dean Cross. Uh, love the podcast. You guys are real hoot. Uh, my tip of the week is uh, simple and is basically an old cabinet maker's trip. When gluing up panels... Oh, I know this trick, actually. I learned this a few years ago. When gluing up panels or large pieces of wood, sprinkle a few grains of table salt in a few yeah. spots on the wet glue before clamping up, and this prevents the wood from shifting when clamping pressure is applied. The salt will consume in the joint and will never be noticed. Uh, I keep an old Twist Tops Sriracha sauce bottle with salt in it in my shop, and I just sprinkle a little bit into my hand and use my fingers to sprinkle this parsley on the wet glue. Uh, thanks. Keep up the this tip segment. It rocks. And uh, that is a fantastic tip, and it does yeah. work. And I have a little jar of salt in my shop that I never forget to forget about. Right. Don't use kosher salt. Right. The crystals are too big. Well, and don't use pepper either, because somebody said something about seasoning, and I tried that. I'm like, all it did is make a pasty mess. It was awful. <laughs> okay, and then we, I just I don't I don't even know how to. Yeah, me neither. Um, and then we have a creator Nader, um, Nathan Fenn. Nate. Yep, Nathan Fenn. Um, Nate the Great. Say. So his first tip is to buy some isotunes and use the promo code to get the discount. And the promo code is, of course, reclaimed. Ten. Ten. Yeah. 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 Great tip. Ten, ten dollars off, then ten percent. Number two, yeah. leave a five-star uh, review uh, for uh, reclaimed audio. That's a fantastic tip. Which I, I holy macaroni! This guy's on a roll. I believe he actually did that. So we'll get to that later. Tip three: When your rubber gloves will not come off, use your air gun to introduce a pocket of air. The gloves will come off and dry out faster and be and be more reusable. Uh, be certain to keep the air gun. Uh, air gun way far away and you short burst because it is easy to rip the gloves with the air gun because it'll just slice right through. Um, I yeah, just don't stick the tip of the air gun into the gloves. Right. What are you saying? I I, right. I do that with just my mouth. I just blow. Me too. I uh, do. Pop of air in. But the yeah. so so honestly the the reason why something that that might be effective for you guys but why it doesn't work sometimes is because your breath actually has moisture in it and it actually blows it up when you try it sometimes it actually makes it sticky inside. Oh absolutely. You that, if you don't like get it the first you time your glasses you breathe on it it fogs up. Yeah. If you don't get it the first time it's you, you don't get it. You're basically. done. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um and then that also reminded me that uh Dave Gagne taught me that trick when working on a bicycle if you want to get the um the the rubber hand grip off you know that are you oh put, you, you stick uh yeah, the you air stick compressor the, inside there you stick the air compressor okay. in one 
and it shoots the other one off, you know, and then right. and then when the other one's off, you can stick it into the into the handle because it's just yeah. like a little teeny tiny hole in the end. Yeah. Um, warning: Never use compressed air against skin. It is dangerous. <laughs> so after the uh, rubber tip thing, you're saying that just to be careful. Why is it dangerous? Would you say? Uh, I don't know. That's what here. That's that's neat. I mean, you're not supposed to really shoot compressed air. It's dangerous air. because it depends upon you got 90 pounds of pressure on yeah. a big compressor. If you hold it close to your skin and do it, it can sometimes eventually cause damage. Yeah, eventually it'll drill a hole or whatever. I okay. Mean, yeah. Plus, sometimes right. air compressors get a little moisture built up inside. A little shot of water comes out. That's that's what a water jet is, right? Think about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, but WaterJet also has, like, sand in it, too. And it's, it's going just I understand, water. but 200,000 yeah. well, what PSI. you should do, Phil, and you can report <laughs> yeah. back next week, take your compressor as high as pressure as you can get it, and then yeah. go ahead and blast it on your palm with a little bit of water inside and see, and you can report back on how that felt. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when two buckets are stuck together, use the air guns. They fall, fall off. So he's, he's just continuing with the theme. Uh, I think that was it. And then fall That's off. one I never thought of, and I want to try because I have a couple of buckets at if, work that are stuck together. If it, you put it, it right on the edge. Heck out of me. Yeah, if you just get it right around the edge, you'll, huh. eventually, you'll eventually be able to split those apart. Because you end up having to use the darn buckets anyway, so you just got now you've got this awkward bucket because it's two buckets stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so one extra tall bucket, yep. It's like a secret bottom bucket, right? Like you could have a... Actually, that would be a great if you if you set it up so it looks like two buckets stuck together, but you actually had access to that pocket, like a secret pocket, like you keep your cash in there. <laughs> so I feel like oh, and it's just these two crappy buckets. Like no, we're never think to look in there. Think think about this though. That's because a lot of job site guys oh, carry their tools in those. Uh, yeah. They put a bucket with the little the apron around it. Yeah. But if you did the two bucket thing, you could have a secret storage spot. Yeah, you keep your lunch on in construction there. sites. Construction site safe. Exactly. The keys. There's to the, nothing uh, safe on a construction site. Keep the keys to the Silverado in there, you know. You, Phil, you are the safety on the construction site. Well, this this is coming from my brother, who's a journeyman carpenter. He's like, don't oh, leave no. your tape measure out. Don't no. leave your hammer out. You keep everything on you. Otherwise, it's gone. <clears throat> uh, well, or paint that, it pink. That, paint no, it, even that, that doesn't help. You got to put your yeah. name on it, and that's yeah. why. Uh, I put my name. I've been putting my name on my tools forever, is because that's just it. When you go to construction site, it's not that. And half the time, people aren't taking it to steal it; they're taking it to use it, and they just don't bring it back. So you got to walk the around. Same thing. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's it's like it's not nefarious. It's just handsy. The, the difference between intent and end is the same thing. It's a distinction of the difference. He didn't steal it. He used it and then forgot to give it back to you. Oh, yeah. okay. No, in other words, he's, he gets done using it. He sets it down. So now you got to walk around the construction site like and look for the tape measure that has your name on it. See? Yeah, yeah, he set it down in his truck. Um, and there's still one more tip. <laughs> which, box. One more tip from <laughs> Creator Nader, which was follow Creator Nader on Instagram, YouTube, etc. So got to read all the tips. That may, that may have That's been the strongest tip. tip so far. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that was, that was a good Thank segment. Man. I liked those tips because yeah. a lot of people don't know that salt one in particular. Um, that is a good, a good one. one. And it does because most of the time when you're gluing stuff up, it's not that big of a deal, but sometimes it's a real hassle. We have that sliding problem. You know, it's difficult to get things lined up. I actually find that tip works best when you're gluing up panels Pen- and yes. out where there are different thicknesses of wood, like they're not always a perfect thickness, especially with reclaim when you're trying to make a panel out of, let's say, pallet wood. They're not all going to be perfect. So mm. if you can just get them lined up, compressed a little bit, they won't slide. And so it's good. Anyways. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you humoring me and saying that. Yeah. Uh, 
what's next? Let's see here. We already did that. Okay, we did our weekly. Okay, we should probably talk about our topic at this point, no? We have a topic? Uh, I thought we were doing all of our chores at the beginning of the... So you want to do the iTunes review review? Yeah, I thought we were doing that now. We do all this stuff at front, and then we topic, and then we... Oh, so we front load this bad boy. I hear you. Okay. So, why don't you go ahead with the iTunes review review? Do you have it up, Bill? I can do that. I do. Oh. Oh, you never guess who it's from. Who's it from? Fave Podcast... Even over making it. Let me say that again. Fave podcast, five stars. Even over making it. And it's from Creator Nader. And Nate writes, Creator Nader here. You should give these guys a listen and subscribe for free. They're very interesting. One guy has no job. One guy has no finger. Uh, One guy has no liver or kidney or spleen or something like that. And I don't know what Tim's missing. Maybe he's missing a shortness, I guess. Anyway, please, 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 for the love of God, subscribe and leave a five-star review. And remember, subscribe to Creator and Instructables and other platforms. <laughs> Am I missing a finger? Did you, aren't you missing a toe or something? Don't you have a digit that doesn't exist? That's no. me. I'm missing two digits. Oh. No, that's Joel. But I did touch the end of my finger to a table saw once. I mean, is that what we're talking about? It's since grown back. Oh, so no worries. I have all 10 is. fingers. That might be the reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not supposed to touch awesome. that part, by the way, Phil. Well, thanks, man. Five years later, you tell me that now. <laughs> uh, let's do, you know what? I also want to talk about Patreon right now real quick. So patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, that's where you go to uh, basically contribute to the podcast directly. So $1 per episode gets you access to the pre-show. That's where we come up with the topic. And is that ever a party? You guys should check that out. (laughs) And $10 an episode gets your name read out loud with the heroes that we list off every week. And, uh, And that's really like, that's... That's that's the reason why we can continue to do this podcast every single week for, I guess it's over five years now, is it not? Five and a half years? It is. It Something is. like that. I'm like, wow. I think that's like longer than the national marriage uh, average, probably. I just made that up. I don't know, but it's probably true. Um, so That sounds accurate. That's about, about where I'm at right now with this podcast. You know, 87% of statistics are made up, but mm. I feel comfortable in saying... That it's been a long time that we've been on the air. I'll agree with that. Uh, that's what I'm going to say about that. And uh, and yeah, so all kidding aside, it really is the best way to, to help this podcast stay on the air. And uh, if we go into our topic, our topic this week, oh boy, is this a good one. Tim, remind me what our topic is. Uh, we're just going to call it Reclaimed Audio. It's like our debut album, five and a half years later. Yeah, we're, we're doing a do-over on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, and on the topic of the topic, what was the topic about again? Oh, that was that was Bill. I don't know. I forget. Well, uh, what <clears throat> was that again? So my idea was is that if we're going to talk about something, it's time we go back to where this all began, right? And we are reclaimers. We make things out of reclaimed materials, and a lot of times, what you make out of a reclaimed materials looks like a reclaimed item. I mean, it just does. It's like, that's, somebody reclaimed that. Somebody reused that. Somebody, it's it's a look. It's a style. 
I, uh, I mentioned the word distressed, but both of you got pretty distressed when I did. So it's, I'm not talking about necessarily distress, but it's, 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 it's a look. It's like you're not because we've talked about before where it's the opposite of taking reclaimed materials and milling it down to come up with like new material and making a beautiful table or a nightstand or something that you can't tell has been reclaimed. I'm talking about those items that it is reclaimed. I, I, uh, inspired by Tim's bicycle table, I took a, a tree stump and a bicycle and I made a, a table lamp out of that. And it's like, mm. this is a, it's, it's obvious that this is a reclaimed thing. So I thought we could talk about some of the techniques or some of the ideas or, or some of the things that we showcase. We've talked about, you know, um, showcasing the flaw to make the imperfection perfect or whatever. Right. You know, some of the things we can do to, to do that. Um, and just get down into it instead of talking about all kinds of different finishes. How about this one thing that we do as reclaimers? We make reclaimed looking items. Or I don't know what you even call it. What would you call that, Tim? What's reclaimed? Reclaimed items. Yeah. Is question? What are we talking about? <laughs> so, um, usually not my forte, right? So, like, this is, this is leaning into the reclaimed look and turning it into a feature, right? So... My thing has always been the first thing you said, like sort of kind of getting rid of that look and making it look like new wood. However, even when I do that, or did that, because I don't do that anymore, basically, I whenever I was making the whiskey boxes for Etsy, it was important to still show the nail holes. Right. And specifically, nail holes that had, you know, like the, the black sort of iron oxide that that stained the wood. I always loved that look, and so I'd find that one quote-unquote showpiece and make it the front board so that you could really tell you're looking at something here that's reclaimed, and then it's right away it's understood that the, there's more value to this item than pine boards, that this, you know, somebody took this apart to make something else. And so that's the way I'd really do it. I'd try to show as much of those nail holes as possible, and, and I'd try to grab the ends of boards and, and use those on the sides and, and just sort of like really lean into it. And, uh, and I remember there's a couple that I did also where I cut open a two by four to make the lids because I'd use make like let's say inch by inch stock for the lids. And I'd cut one in half and it had had half the, a screw hole in it. So you could see the, uh, the threads. Well, the threads right. and everything, yeah. Yeah, so I made that <clears throat> up on top. So it kind of looked like a screw fossil. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, exactly, so came yeah. Out, so it came out really, really cool. And so I tried to replicate that a few times where, where I would actually drill some screws into. It was They were reclaimed two-by-fours anyway, so I wasn't doing it. But to get that look, it kind of came out really cool, so I'd do that again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's basically you're taking something and making it, and you do it a little bit more subtly, but you're yeah. taking something, it's like, this used to be this, but now it's that. Yeah. And I want that yeah. to be obvious, even if my finish, right. is, would, would, the look of it was slightly more refined i still want it to be immediately obvious that this was reclaimed because that's where the value of the story comes in right etsy's all about a story you know you don't you don't need to buy like goods from there unless you're you're seeking a story this was made by phil in montreal who made this out of this and it's you know that's what the added value to it is i mean it's ultimately it's a box it's not worth physically much but the thing that you're buying is the story the craftsmanship the you know, everything that goes along with this created artifact. And that's what people want in their homes. They want artifacts. They don't want something that they bought in Target. They want something that hopefully nobody else has. Hmm. Yeah, well said. And, you know, I um, 
I go back and forth on that, and I think that's part of the fun. Sometimes, like, you want to, like, make it look as pristine and perfect as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Or not, not so much that. I guess I kind of always want it to look perfect in its own way. Um, but, like, sometimes I want it to be like, well, that is obviously a foosball table part, or that is obviously a bicycle frame. Right, you right. Know? And then there's other times where, like, I kind of get into the idea of, like, like, cutting the bicycle frame up and then welding it back together in some other shape so it just looks like tube. You know what I mean? Right. Which is a different value, I guess. Like, you know, then it's not about like, oh, well, it's it's a bicycle. Like, like it, it's something that sort of evolves and changes over the years. Like when I first started, especially because, you know, I had limited tools and limited understanding and knowledge of how to work material. Like, it was like totally all about like, oh, here's a bicycle. I'm going to, because, you know, I didn't have a table saw. So I, like the width of the pallet board was the width it was going to stay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. And, so yeah. you, and you work with that. <clears throat> And I kind of, you know, as my, my career's gone down now and I can do, I can do so much more, um, there's, there's part of me that misses that. Uh, like, because I always talk about limitations. You know, there's part of me that really misses that. Like, well, all I have is a chop saw and a drill, you know, and a pallet. Like, there's anything you make with just those tools and that material is going to still look like a pallet. But now I can take that pallet and I can make it look like anything, you know. And I don't know if that's better or worse. I mean, it's, I guess it's you know in the for me as an artist it's like oh well now i i've done i've done my thing i've come full circle i can take anything out of the garbage and make it into anything not just something that looks like it came out of the garbage which is great but then it also loses that story and that value you know in some ways well i, I can I see why you're you came up yeah, yeah you've you come up with these or, or, i don't know if you did but we, we, what we call things if you take a bicycle and you cut it up and use the tubes for for welding up a different shape you're reclaiming that material mm. if you take a bicycle and you turn it into a lamp and it's obviously it's a, that's a repurposed right you're upcycling it you've yeah. upcycled yeah. it yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a time when uh, you guys probably remember this but the the whole warehouse cart or train track little dollies oh, yeah. were all the rage Made to a be <laughs> a yeah. coffee table yeah. right yeah and oh, so yeah, yeah, I, I had somebody yeah. commissioned me to make, she said, look, I love these things. Can you make me one? I says, well, no. I said, but I can, I can make something that looks not even similar, but I can make you a cart looking thing out of completely other materials, but it's not going to be just repurposing an old thing because that would cost a lot of money because it's all the rage alone just to go buy an old thing and basically all you're doing is you're cleaning it up and you're making it stable so it can sit a flat and putting a flat surface on it well i took some bed frames and i took a a a, a window from a, a construction project that they weren't going to use it was frosted and then i created a frame around that and then i used a pallet and i created the bottom base and i created two levels on it and then i got some wheels off an old lawnmower and then i got some other swivel casters off a barbecue and i created this thing that was a unique looking coffee table that kind of mimicked what that what that uh um again i don't know warehouse trolley i guess dolly whatever you call them they're um i, I can't remember what they're called either but they're like yeah they were like they used them in factories they're like factory carts yeah 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 but anyway, so I mimicked that, but I created this unique piece, and it was like everything on there, especially when I told her what each thing was, like this is from a construction site, this is bed frame, this is a pallet, this is some old oak boards I had, this is lawnmower wheels. I mean, she loved it. I mean, and mm-hmm. she paid me really handsomely for it. But that entire table was obvious that somebody used a bunch of stuff and made this thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, was just, it wasn't a, a factory-built thing. This was made by hand. 
and I loved it. I just, I, that's to yeah. me what kind of what the, you know again more of a repurpose or an upcycle thing is taking something. Sometimes you take something that's obvious. I also took. I found these little salvage drums. They were like a. Uh, it was a drum. It was yellow, and it was painted uh, black letters that say "salvage" on it. What would happen? I got them from the the old um, uh, Army Reserve site by the airport. You have a five-gallon bucket. If it started leaking, you would set it inside the stainless steel drum, like a mini 55-gallon drum, and it fit a five-gallon bucket. And then you can seal it off, and it was a secondary containment for this thing. Well, I found like four or five. I still have a couple. But I just took those things, cleaned it up, left the rust on it, put a clear coat over everything. And now these were amazing garbage cans for the salon. They were just, you know, just trash cans. It was like, it was perfect. Instead mm -hmm. of going to Office Depot and spending $15 on a trash can here was these it was just neat so sometimes you just use something not what it was intended for you know for something else yeah yeah um i'm sure i've i'm sure i've told this story before on the podcast but like i took a bunch of my furniture like in the real early days to uh it was like a like a craft show type thing it was a very small craft show like benefiting some school or whatever you know it was cheap it was like you know like 25 bucks for the booth or something so i brought a bunch of pieces of furniture and like all oh, this like you know random stuff i mean you know pallets nailed together random things i found and a couple booths down was this guy he was a turner and um and this is i mean this is back for the table saw like this stuff you know and uh, this guy he'd turn all these beautiful beautiful bowls um you know out of you know mahogany and sapelli and you know and all these like really nice woods like very real traditional woodworker and i'm like looking at his booth and you know everything is like it's like just linseed oil finishes but they're still shiny because they're so, they're just you know sanded to the thousand grit and you know just really high quality woodworking stuff and i'm just like like this guy's just got to think i'm the biggest yutz you know <laughs> like showing up with all these like pallets nailed together you know and and um you know i'm looking at stuff I'm like oh it's really nice he's like yeah i'll go check out your stuff later and i'm like okay cool and then he comes over and i'm like like got my head between my knees you know i'm like oh god and you know so he's like looking at my <laughs> stuff and i'm like just like waiting for him to just be like do you what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, or like whatever, just <laughs> telling me to like go home, you know, and, and, um, and he kind of walks around for a little bit and he, and he comes up to me and he goes, he goes, you know what? He's, I wouldn't know when to stop sanding. It's cool. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Thanks. And that was like the, the, that's the sort of message, right? Like that, that's what makes us reclaimers. We know when to stop sanding because it's, you don't want to erase all of that history. Um, and, you know, mm. but but you don't want to just leave it as dirty as it was on the side of the road either. And that's like the, like you always talk about like the middle way or the tightrope, you know. I feel like that's that's right. sort of one of the things that keeps me coming back to reclaiming. It's like like the this latest bass guitar that I just built, like has, it's you know, CNC and laser woodworking and all this like, you know, like extensive amounts of like craft that I've developed over the years that go into it, but it still has those iron stained holes all yeah, down the I front love of it that I love. You know what I mean? Like, so there's like yeah. a... Like taking those skills, but then knowing when to stop standing and what to leave and what not to, and it just gets refined, I guess. Well, there's there's a certain amount of cleanup that that takes off the like the, I always call it like the surface rust, right? Right. You take off the surface rust, but you leave what's pitted and you know yeah. it's, it's still mm -hmm. there. And I, anytime you're working with metal, if you, if you want it to look, if you want it to look that look of age and weathered or whatever leave some of that rust on there not the loose stuff you, you know clean it off but some of it's going to be left behind and then clear coat it clear coat it right over the top of that and that's mm -hmm. that feature i've done that with just 
uh, using metal to, to weld together a beautiful table or a stand or something, and just one little part of it was deeply, uh, and deeply pitted and rusty, and, and everything else I sanded down, it's smooth, it's perfect, but I left that one little corner, that one part that's obvious with that flaw in it, and it just, it's, it's, it's like, almost like a signature. It's, it's, it's you as a reclaimer being able to sign your name to it in a way. You know? mm. Yeah, well said. I, remember I love going, it. I remember going to look at uh, when I was bought my last truck. I went, there was a guy not too far from here. He had a 1970-something Chevy Love truck. Do you know what those are, Bill? Yep, I had one. No, did you really? Like the pre-S10. Baby blue, yeah. Yeah, even smaller than an S10, you know. And yep. I was like, oh, that'd be fun. It'd be good on gas and stuff. But it was like, you know. Well, it wasn't the daily driver for me, <laughs> but it was in, the body of it was in really good shape. But there was this one spot mm. on the side of it that had this rust, just this rust, like big spot, like eight, eight inches long by like three inches wide, just complete garbage, you know. And then the rest of the truck is like pristine. And uh, and he commented on that. You know, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, the body is really clean except for that one spot. And he goes, that one spot was a ding. And he's like, and every time I take it to a show, everybody touches it. And now it looks like that. Yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Huh. <laughs> you know? It's, because so it, was the ding, it, it was the ding that attracted attention. People walk around the truck and they'd all see that one little spot and they'd have to put their finger on it. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's attract, everyone's attracted to it, not... For the right reasons, though. Oh no, but it's but it's still drawing your attention, and, and I think that there but there is something about that. And so now, what Bill's talking about with this table, with this this one metal spot, now what he's done is he's made that ding the feature, right? And that's you know, on the truck, it's it's a flaw, but now if I were to if I were to cut that truck up and make furniture out of it, that spot would be the feature. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and part that's of it, the story, exactly, exactly, and that's what that's what we're we're doing here, right? Well, yeah, yes. I, I think the the point is to let people know, um, step back sometimes and again, take something, whatever it is that you find, and instead of trying to figure out what you know you can make out of it, think about what you can just use that thing for other than its purpose. That, that was kind of like the whole gist of this is like, you know, I can use this, you know, I... Uh, a wine barrel i'll take the, i'll cut the, the most of the top off of wine barrel and that will be the top of a table mm. you know it's just something simple it's easy or you can take a um i've seen people use uh what do they call them uh, baker's baker's shelf or whatever baker's racks baker's racks and use those for decorative uh, uh or at least uh, 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 like a wrought iron fence, they'd use a baker's rack, all the little swirls and stuff in the back. They'd add that to uh, like a little wrought iron gate, mm. and there's the feature of that gate, right? But it's hmm. like, isn't that like a kitchen rack thing or whatever? You know what I'm saying? So don't be afraid to try and maybe reuse some, repurpose. I think repurpose I like the most, right? It's like this yeah. was made to do this thing, but now it's serving this purpose, right? You know, yeah. yeah. Like put things in different environments and see if they work. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they don't too. Like I've seen, I've seen many of bed frames out in the backyard as like vine trellises, you know. And yeah. some of them look great, and other ones are like that guy's just like got a bed frame out in his backyard. You know what? They look great when you can't see them because the vine is growing exactly, into them. Yeah. The ones that are just right. like an old old bed frame up that just looks there. like junk. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. But but at the same respect, an old bathtub in the in the yard that's filled with dirt and it's got flowers growing out of it—that's kind of cool. It just is. 
You know how um, it's cool if it's an old clawfoot, like cast yeah, like an old clawfoot. Yeah, yeah, not that. Yeah, not a, not a. If it's something you just picked up at Home Depot. That yeah. doesn't look so good. No, no, no. no. The uh, <laughs> you, you get anything? Yeah. I know what you're saying. Our our friend Dave Gagne is a he's a, he's a pretty good example of that one of the things that works with this is scale. And so Dave has at his yard, he has um, around a tree and then like a little like kind of like garden area next to his garage. He has instead of rocks, like a lot of times people will put rocks, you know, around stuff like that, like where they have little mulch mm-hmm. beds. He has bowling balls because he managed at some point in time to get 100 bowling balls. And it's freaking oh awesome. Goodness. If he just had this a half a dozen. walking story. If he just had a half a dozen bowling balls out there, it just looked like he had a bunch of bowling balls. But since he has 100 of them, it's amazing. You know what I mean? It- for, for people I, to describe Dave Gagne <laughs> to people that have never met him, Elm, Elm City Vintage say, on on YouTube, uh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, to describe the guy, when I think of him, what I think of, it's like you know, what's the 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 the, the guy for um, oh man, the most interesting man alive. Dave is one of the most interesting yeah. humans on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing not cool about Dave Gagne. Period. I, yeah. I'm sorry. You know what I think of when I hear his name? And this is 100 percent serious. Generous. Mm. I always feel like he's like given like so much. Like, if you don't have a bicycle, here's a bicycle, and he just like gives away bicycles. Yeah, ones that he's fixed up himself. I just think that's awesome. Yeah, he's a pretty incredible guy. Yeah, yeah he's a good friends. Yeah. When you come down to get your uh, your welder, you can come see him. In we'll person. hang out. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we we've met, but yeah, I'll I'll see him. Yeah, I know, but it's been years, you know. It has been it has been years. That's the craziest thing. I know. It's right? been years. Yeah. Last time I saw Dave was in the fall. I haven't seen him since. We used his yard. I did the live stream for my truck. That was in his his backyard. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good guy. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Okay. Uh, moving right along. Uh, what grabbed your attention this week? Oh. Let's go to Tim's. Since oh. you said oh. <laughs> um. I don't think I have anything anything good to mention. Oh, you know what? My my wife and I watched on Hulu. Uh, this is such a such a crappy one, but it was fun. It was uh, the TV show Brockmire, which is um, the the guy that does hmm. all the voices for uh, the Simpsons, Hank Azaria. He does a lot of them, yes, yeah, including yeah, Mr. Burns. Most of them, yeah. And uh, so he, it's just basically like one of his types of characters that he does. It's a uh, He's a, well, he's a sportscaster and he talks about everything that, and it's just like the, the whole trajectory of his life. But, um, it's, it's really like a bit that they just like carried out into a show and it was actually really good. It was, uh, there's like four yeah, seasons huh. of it. So it was fun. I just have to correct myself real quick. He does not do Mr. Burns. No, he does. I know um, people were hearing it and they were going, wait, no, he doesn't. He does Apu. He does yeah. a whole bunch of them, but he does not do Mr. Burns. That's Harry Shearer. Yes. Harry Shearer, the bassist of Spinal Tap. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't it? Huh. That is crazy. Yeah. Was that What's really crazy? Is that so guy? many people don't know that reference? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Jazz Odyssey. And I'm, I'm now huh. I'm gonna, there's people like yelling at the I got I got to Google it to make sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Just Harry double check that. That's a bold claim. Spinal Tap character. Yeah, it's coming up. So yeah, that's excellent. Yep. Derek Smalls. Bill Lutz. Very sure. Bill Lutz. Yes, Phil. What grabbed your attention this week? Well, you know what grabbed my attention this week, Phil? And I'm going to tell you, and, and uh, it comes a little background. Um, uh, people we know. People we know got my attention this week. And by people we know, I mean um, PJ Galati. Uh, I mean uh, 
Infinite Craftsman. Never heard. Uh, Tom. No. And uh, Tanda Hedrick. Um, they have a podcast, and it's called Maker Skills. And I didn't know this. I'm living under a rock. I don't watch a lot of things. I, I, out of contractual obligations, I, I, I pay attention to YouTube online, but pretty much everything else, I, I just haven't been lately. But they have a podcast. And you know how I found that out? Because I was tagged. I was tagged in, for their next episode. And it says, um, you know, it says what it's about. It's, it's uh, the episode 24. It was about storytelling about, you know, um, how do you tell a story like, you know, when you're making video and when you're Instagram, is, you know, like, is, right? So it's pretty interesting. And how I was tagged is like, it says, mentioned in this episode, uh, Willem O.T., Drift Forge and something, Jackman Works, Jimmy DeResta, and then me, William Lutz, and then Will Smith. I'm like, oh my gosh, they've put me in a list of these amazing top billing amazing over Will Smith, too. Yeah, wow. Dude, over Will Smith. So because and it's called storytelling, and they and they put me with Jackman who tells story and Jimmy I'm thinking maybe he's referring to my wheel fell off my truck and the alligator in the river story that have you, I did. Have you, right? listened, have you listened to the podcast yet? I did, and here's what was. Are you the example, like the bad example? The don't do it like this. No, no, no. Just let, yeah, me, let, me, great let point. me go here. I was wondering go. if this thing was going to make sense any minute. No, no, no. <laughs> so they they do talk about you know the the skills that it takes to make a good video and a podcast. And like Paul Jackman, he doesn't say a lot, but he tells such an amazing story and the editing quality. And Jimmy DeResta, the master of all. Blah 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 blah. And then when my name was mentioned, it was like yeah, just like William Lutz almost gets fired every week. That was it. Yeah. I knew this thing was about to make sense. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. That's it. That's That was the mention again. But sense. I ended up yeah. listening to the whole podcast. It was interesting. And we love them, guys. I know I've hugged at least a couple of them. Tom's another um, one of my real-life friends, too. He's a, another local. You know, oh. like we, we know each other in person. You know, he's been to my well, shop in, in case, his house. In case PJ and Tandra want to be like Tom, Infinite Craftsman, who supports our podcast through Patreon, I'm just saying. Yeah. You can't. But anyway, uh, check I'm it just out. saying that all the all the great people in our community live in Connecticut. Uh, I could talk to you about some not Let's great people that, that live in Connecticut. Let's just double check the math yeah. on that. <laughs> Three. But anyway, make more than Chris Cute, not a Connecticut guy. Chris Cute doesn't live in Connecticut. Yeah, he does. He's in Richfield. He keeps does telling he? everybody that he doesn't live in Connecticut. I feel like it's like Rhode Island. No, that's that. That's the other guy. That's. Um, Rody Jeff. Um, <laughs> no, well, that's the other other guys. Um, which is Con- which is Connecticut East. So. That's what I'm saying. It's it's um. Uh, imperialistic of, of you, Connecticut. I can't remember his last name. It's like a, a Mimet or a Misteret or a Miss Morit. Paul. I think you're talking about Paul well, Mamet. Frank Mayette. <laughs> Frank Mayette. That's who lives in Rhode that's Island. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. He lives in. He lives in basically in Massachusetts, though. It's like right on the border. So, see, what is the point of borders if you keep like appropriating hey, everybody that's near one? I'm just saying it's all just Connecticut. That's just Connecticut North. Okay, I think. Well, doesn't that make where Phil lives <laughs> Connecticut uh, way north? Very north. Extra north. Yeah, yeah very north. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what caught my attention this week was actually a very interesting one. It's a channel called Engineer Man, and he does a lot of programming. But this one was interesting because he got a one of these these spam scam emails, and it basically was, "Do you want to win a PlayStation 5?" And it, they were pretending to be Amazon. So 
you'd go in there and he showed you the form and how it works. And basically, it's a total scam, but you have to put in your credit card so that you can get them to ship you your pl free PlayStation 5 for a dollar. But what they're essentially doing is capturing your credit card information. But it doesn't just capture it. It actually tries to use it to verify that $1 and to make sure that that credit card works. So what he realized was that they actually have it attached to a real credit card processor. Oh. And, when, <laughs> and when, when you put in a bad credit card, but that technically falls inside the algorithm that would be a real, but it's not a real one, it's declined, of course. But that decline costs them money, about five cents every time that happens. <laughs> so, real time in the video, he writes a script that basically makes it run through thousands and thousands and thousands of declines to cost the scammers a ton of money. And I thought it was just brilliant on the fly programming and just a really interesting use case for everyday stuff that you do. And, uh, anyways, Engineer Man, I thought it was called Using My Python Skills to Punish Credit Card Scammers. I freaking love that. I love that. that <laughs> Everything is so about good. that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was super that's cool. That's so good. That was like a short video. It was like seven minutes. But like, he just showed you some, like, honestly, less than 15 lines of code. And maybe more. Maybe like 25 lines of code, which is nothing. And you wrote this thing that basically costs bad people a lot of money. I thought it was awesome. I watched recently, along those lines, a uh, guy's a hacker. And he hacked into these uh, phone scammers. He hacked into their computer so he can see them through their camera. Yes. And it was just awesome. Then he hacked into and he ended up directing the police to be able to go break this thing up and told them right exactly where their building was and everything. But it's yeah. like he's on the phone messing with them and they're sitting back, you know, oh, no, sir. Yeah, you need you need this thing or your I think it was uh, your computer's got a virus and yeah, you yeah. need us to help you with that. You know, yeah. and they're just preying on people and he just mm. totally scammed, hacked them. It Good. was great. You know, because those things yeah. are usually they usually do that to the elderly where, oh, yeah. no, yeah. you've got a virus and I've got to log in with Team Viewer and. They just, what they do is they plant these things inside your computer and then capture your credit card information the next time you use yep. it. It's, it's really, it's awful. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. Moving along from elderly fraud. Uh, our websites, williamlutz.com, newperspectivemusic.com. <laughs> Some good old-fashioned young person fraud. Go to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and especially guineapigtanks.com and also squiretools.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Leave us those tips. Don't forget to send in your, your Isotunes tip segment to get put into the draw. You can record it or type it out and send it to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. iTunes reviews, five stars, get read out loud. So go to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Click the iTunes link. It will launch iTunes, and then you can leave that five-star review, and we will read it out loud. And, of course... Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio so that we come back here again next week. That's all I got. Have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. Be good.